And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait. Emergency podcast, Tim McMaster here along with Connor Hughes, our Jets reporter at the Athletic, and that's it, just the two of us. No Marissa Morris, so we're basically sailing without a rudder here and you've already seen the example of that with that open but here we go connor we're going to break down zach wilson's pro day we're going to break down a crazy day of draft trades in the nfl what it all means with about a month to go until the draft thanks for watching if you're watching on youtube or if you're listening on wherever you do listen give us a rating and review we love the five-star reviews on apple so we really appreciate that let's get into it we'll start with mr wilson who i mean let's be honest up front Has anyone ever had a bad pro day? Probably not. But Zach Wilson did everything you want to see when he was throwing to receivers who were always open with no defenders. And that was showing off a cannon arm, uh, making all the throws you want to see. And he even had like the one viral throw, right? When you look on Twitter, there's the he rolls to the left, fires it across his body, what, 45 yards downfield yeah. uh, to, a, to a receiver running down the slot. That was the one that everybody's going to, I guess, remember if you remember a pro day. But what stood out overall from from his performance at his pro day today? Well, I, I think that we saw everything that you wanted to see from from Wilson. I mean, like I, I, I column's now up on, on The Athletic. It literally just went live. I got to end up tweeting that one out. But I think what everyone talks about with – this particular quarterback class is obviously there's the cream of the crop and it's, and it's Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's the one who's the generational player. He's the one that, that checks every box. There's no red flag. I mean, he's the guy that's going to grade out higher than Andrew Luck did and John Elway did and Peyton Manning did and all that. I mean, he is the, the golden goose, if you will. But when comparing him to, to uh, Zach, I mean, Zach's probably the more exciting prospect. He's the more, exciting player because he can do a lot of what you saw him do at his pro day. And yeah, it was scripted and and they made reference to how he's been practicing with these receivers through this exact script for like the last couple of months down in California, then back at BYU before they actually had the pro day. So you expected the accuracy, you expected very few passes to hit the ground. I mean, you expected to see a lot of that. I mean, Daniel Jeremiah was on the broadcast, I believe for NFL network and watching it from home. You heard him say that it was basically show and tell and a trick shot competition. I mean, but but you saw everything you wanted. I mean, you, you, a guy who has the so I got a, it's like windy as hell in Jersey. So I keep hearing like I forgot that like I left my windows open. I feel like there's a freaking tornado outside. But you saw that the the ability to add different velocities to different passes. You know, there was the laser beam throw where he hit the guy on on the deep in. 25 yards down the field where the ball was on a rope. But then there was another one where he kind of floated it over a would-be defender and into his tight end hand. Then you saw the the ability that I think what really stood out. And I talked to a couple people that were there. I talked to a uh, an NFL executive who watched it from home because he wasn't one of the people that they brought there. And he said 
the quote that I got was he's different that he is a he's a different player and his ability to make every throw his ability to throw with different arm angles and the quote was his ability to throw off platform is what tells you he is a guy that's ready for the NFL because he does things that other people can't do and and the highlight throw that you talked about is a prime pristine example of that it's the play action roll out to your left your feet aren't set you move across your body you flick the wrist and it goes 55 yards down the field i mean that's not normal that that's not that's i don't care if there's a defense on the field i don't care if you go to alabama clemson byu monmouth i mean it doesn't matter that's an unbelievable next level throw and he made it look routine and he made it look easy and and from an an arm talent perspective I think he might be the most talented thrower in the draft. Now, obviously, there's a lot more to it. Like, you look at Trevor Lawrence. He's got the perfect size. He can read every defense. He's played the top-tier competition. He's won a national championship. He's done all these things. But Trevor Lawrence, as soon as the Jets beat the Rams, was no longer an option. So you look at the consolation prize, and Zach Wilson showed everything that you wanted to see from a quote-unquote consolation prize. And it certainly does not look like much of a consolation prize with him after what he showed. Now, obviously with Wilson, and and, and we'll get to this, I mean, you knew he was going to do this. Like you, if you've watched him play at BYU and you realize this is scripted and you talk to people that have scouted him, you knew he was going to put on a show with throwing the football because what he's able to do as a passer is different, as I was told, is unique, is next level. He was always going to do this. The the boxes that he needed to check and the, the concerns – that he needed to ease, they were not this. This wasn't it. This like if he if he had a bad day here, it would have been like, oh wow, what the heck just happened? You kind of expected to see this and you did. Now he's got to pass the interview portion of it where people want to talk to him and get to know who he is as a person. Because normally you have that opportunity, Tim. You 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 had the opportunity at the NFL Combine. You have the opportunity after games. Like you get a chance to talk to these kids. You haven't had that opportunity this year. There obviously was no NFL Combine, so you want to interview him well. And then obviously the big thing is is the medical background, is the medical red flags that were up there. Is you want to ensure that that shoulder labrum is fine, that his that his hand injury that he had is fine, and and you want to make sure that those injuries can withstand the test of NFL time. And if they can, I mean, there was nothing that he showed on the field that would make you say I missed that, or there was nothing on the show that that uh, would make you say I need I, I can't take him. I mean, it, it was it was as good as, as advertised. And, and I think it was what you expected to see and even more. And Joe Douglas, so there was pictures of him talking to him a little bit afterwards, um, after the day. And, and I feel like there's a combination factor here when you see what Zach Wilson did. And obviously the jets were there and then you see the trades, which we'll get into a little bit more, but, um, from what you're hearing, Connor, does it feel like, and, and I don't think today was a de- decision-making day, but does it feel like, this is definitely the guy for the Jets at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. As as long as he clears the medical red flags, and I don't even want to call them red flags. I would say they're just things you want to – they're a box you just want to see is cleared. As long as he is fine medically and there's nothing that comes up on the physical that you're like, whoa, wait a minute. As long as he shows that he's the person that I've heard he can be. Because you know he had that, that reputation – a little bit, and, and it probably was just from, from some annoyed people, but, you know, you heard the the entitled and you heard the spoiled thing, right? Like those were the two words that you heard tied to him. You're starting to 
see that that's just a load of BS and it's, and it's not true. I mean, the, the guy like, yeah, his uncle, I think was the one that started JetBlue, right? Like his uncle's the one that's like the, the millionaire, millionaire, millionaire. His mom and dad do well. Like his dad owns a bunch of gas stations locally, but like, so they're, they're upper middle class, but they're not like loaded, loaded. You know I mean? Like the kid up until recently, like throughout high school and college was driving a Mazda six, you know, when he, he was delivering DoorDash in order to get money. I mean, that doesn't sound like spoiled brat to me. You know, like if you're spoiled, when you need a hundred bucks, you go to dad and dad gives you a hundred bucks. It's not you're delivering DoorDash to get gas money. That's that's not what you do. So you saw him chatting on the field. You listened to his press conference where he talked glowingly about Joe Douglas and the Jets and what they're building. He said all the right things where, you know, I'll love any team that drafts me. I mean, he's you're seeing that that he's not you're seeing him cross off those minor concerns and show that it was much ado about nothing. And now obviously it's, it's the medical thing. And, and as long as medically he clears, as long as personality wise, he clears, which I believe personally he will, there's no way that you watch what he did with a football in his hands, even though it was against air and say, I'm going to pass on that kid. I mean, we, we've talked about it ad nauseum here, Tim, about like this, this Jets offense and what they need, right? Like what this Jets offense needs in order to be successful. And it is a, um, it is a quarterback that can make throws on the run, right? Like that's what they want to see. How many throws did we see on Saturday where Wilson was rolling out of the pocket and throwing absolute dimes? I mean, there was one where forget the, the one that everyone talks about, like the one that everyone, there was one where he just rolled out left and then threw kind of a slant to a wide receiver running right and hit him in stride. I mean, you watch the ease in which he completes that pass and you're like, okay, right? Like, oh, it, it, that was easy. But like Daniel Jeremiah said it perfectly. That's not an easy throw. There are not many people in the world that can do that. And he's just like, flick of the wrist makes it look easy. I mean, his ability to throw off platform, that's where you get the – Aaron Rodgers comparisons and the Pat Mahomes comparisons and Zach Wilson's not Pat Mahomes. Zach Wilson's not Aaron Rodgers. Maybe someday, but right now you can't say he is those guys, but he does things that remind you of that guy. And you see him make the throws on a move. That's a big part of what Michael LaFleur is going to look to do with this Jets offense. You see the ability to throw off platform. That's something Michael LaFleur wants to do. You saw a lot of his plays. uh, A lot of the pro day throws he made were off of play action. That's a big part of this Mike LaFleur offense. And then what takes this Kyle Shanahan scheme, which LaFleur is bringing to the Jets to the next level, and like I said, we've said this before in this podcast, is the ability to stretch the ball down the field. So when you can't establish the run, when they take away the run, and now the quarterback has to beat you, you need to be aggressive with the football, play within the pocket, and stretch the ball down the field. Sam hasn't been able to do that throughout his NFL career. You saw today, though, the throws that Zach Wilson can make on that next level that would take this Shanahan offense that teams figured out how to defend in San Francisco because of the quarterback they had under center. Because of Jimmy Garoppolo, they knew, okay, if we make Jimmy beat us, we'll beat the San Francisco 49ers. With Zach Wilson and his skill set, he erases that defense. Because now if he's able to stretch the ball down the field with the accuracy, with throwing on the move, and the Jets are able to get a run, I mean, the offense almost becomes indefensible. Like, it's you you don't really have a defense for it when you have that type of a quarterback under center. And I know I talked to some people that were, like I said, I talked to people that were there. I talked to people that watched it like I did. And the reviews that I heard back, I mean, it's, 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 it's remarkable. I think ultimately what's going to happen and, and, 
this was what we've kind of talked about ha- like the potential of this happening is that when the jets are on the clock at number two they're gonna have sam they like sam they genuinely believe in sam there's gonna be justin fields out there there's gonna be trey lance out there there's gonna be the opportunity to potentially trade for someone what i think zach wilson showed today when you look at his film when you look at his pro day when you meet him and you talk to him and then if he can check off these medical red flags what i think zach wilson has positioned himself or where zach wilson has positioned himself is that he's a player right now that joe douglas can't pass on that he's running the risk right now and he, he's elevating his stature to the point where joe can't risk being known as the guy that passed on zach wilson that if you draft zach wilson you miss like you miss i put all these signs pointed toward the positivity it, it's it's to the point where i don't know how the jets pass on him because he is so physically gifted he has such the persona now that's really starting to shine through. If his medical history is fine, I don't know how you don't bring this kid aboard because a lot of what you saw on Friday was special. It was, as I said, I talked to one executive. He said different. And when you have a different player and as someone who is special like that and unique like that, it's very difficult to not bring him aboard. And and when this brain trust gets together, when Jaime's here and Christopher's here and Salah's here and Joe's here and, and LaFleur comes into the mix – I don't know how all of these guys don't say we need this kid. And, and, and I, I wrote this as my, as my lead for the column today. And it's so true. It is like Joe Douglas likes to have the poker face, right? And Robert saw the poker face and the floor, of the poker, like they're not going to tip their hand. It is a damn good thing that those guys had masks on when they were watching this <laughs> BYU pro day, because you might have the best poker face in the world. There is no way you can control your and you can control the hiding of your intent when your jaw drops. And there were some throws that Zach Wilson made that me watching from television or on the television, my jaw dropped. And if I was seeing it in person, standing next to Joe, standing next to Robert, standing next to Mike, you know their jaws dropped as well because this kid just he is a different level of arm talent. And the crazy thing is like you think about really talented arm quarterbacks, right? Josh Allen, ridiculous arm, but needed so much work. Pat Mahomes ridiculous arm needed a lot of work Aaron Rodgers ridiculous arm needed a lot of work Zach Wilson doesn't need that much work the footwork is good the arm like the throwing motion is good the release is quick his eyes are good the only thing he needs to do is just play get used to top tier competition other than that I mean he's not a finished product he's not Trevor Lawrence but he is much further along than Mahomes was as a rookie or was or he, he'll be much further along as a rookie than Mahomes was as a rookie or Rodgers was as a rookie or uh, Josh Allen was as a rookie. I mean, that that's this this kid's special, man. I, I genuinely believe he's going to be a special player. And what it makes me think about is um, you think about ceiling, obviously, but then you think about floor, right? And, and when you compare him to the other guys, Trey Lance and, and Justin Fields, um, to me, and we say it plenty of times, we're, we're not scouts here, Connor, you and I, um, and, and I would trust those people. But to me, from what I've seen, um, he has the possibly outrageous ceiling based on everything you just said with with the throws and what he can do physically. But it feels like the the floor is also higher for Zach Wilson than Fields or Lance just because we've seen and we've seen more of him and that's part of the reason but we've seen fields have these bad games right where he makes the bad decisions and and you can you can almost like picture that in an NFL game and you know worst case scenario it goes that way and he becomes this guy that that makes too many mistakes and turns the football over and then with Trey Lance it's just a guy who 
I mean, what have we really seen, right? He's played one full season of low-level um, North Dakota State football. So while he has these, you know, great gifts as well, it's just so much unknown. It just, to me, it it just it, it, you're right. It, he separated himself from those other guys. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, this was kind of coinciding with all the, the news with, with what was going on with Zach Wilson's Pro Day. Two major trades at the top of the draft go down today. And we're going to talk about what they are, obviously, but, but also insight into what they mean for the Jets as well. Number one, Niners. They move up to number three. They send the number 12 pick to the Dolphins, along with a 2022 and 2023 first-round pick, also a 2022 third-round pick. The Niners... There's also reports, according to Adam Schefter, that it doesn't mean they're done with Jimmy G, which is weird because you think if they're moving up to three, it's to grab one of these quarterbacks. But maybe they want the big offensive lineman. We'll see. Um, it also makes you think that the Dolphins are good with Tua, although then there's the second trade. The Dolphins go back up to number six by sending number 12 and a 2022 first round pick to the Eagles. There's kind of a lot to unwrap here, Connor. But overall, when you look at these trades, and we'll get to what it means for Sam Darnold, but what does it make you think the league thinks about that number two pick? Well, I, I, I'll i tell you what. Like, I've been – I said this before. Joe Joe has done a valiant job at, at eliminating leaks. That yeah. has been his – his goal pretty much since he took over for Mike McCagney. I mean, when, when Mike was the GM, I mean, it wasn't Mike that talked like he wasn't a guy that, that was, I mean, people get that perception like, Oh, Mike got fired. So Mike was the one that was like talking to everyone. That's no, like my, Mike was a really nice guy and Mike was really good on like background information on like, so what did you like about this player? You just drafted. He was not somebody that was calling you up to be like, Hey, I'm interested in this guy. Hey, I'm trying. That's not, he wasn't somebody that was using the media. He was a really nice guy. Really good in terms of like background info. He was not a leak, but he did have people within his building that were leaking, and like you know, you knew who they were, and they were absolutely there. And and the Jets of uh, Joe Douglas and and Adam Gase too, when he was here, did their parts in getting rid of those leaks, and those leaks are now gone. Which is why during free agency, it's kind of tough, especially this year, to get a le- uh, 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 read into what the Jets are going to do because no one really talks about they don't they don't tip their hand in that regard they're just they're they're not i mean it's it's tough to get a thing especially with free agency because free agency a lot of the rumors and information you get from free agents is is uh agent driven and when you take get the agent driven rumors you get those when you're down at the nfl combine because they're meeting with executives and then they go out and they start talking to people and, and a lot of them are friends with reporters and that's where you get that information and 
obviously with the the Jets here, there was no NFL combine. So there was no all of these rumors with the agents and it didn't spread, which is why it became hard. But Joe is has, like I said, it's very hard to tell what his next move is going to be because he is so, so tight lipped and everyone within his front office is just as tight lipped as he has, which is what makes these two deals so eye opening. Right. Because before these two trades went down, I've kind of been saying over, I think the Jets are going to draft Zach Wilson. And I get that from talking to agents. I get that from talking to other people around the NFL. I get that from talking to other executives because they kind of say like, well, connecting dots. Well, but no one ever hears it from Joe. Like no one ever says to me like, yeah, you know, actually I talked to this guy over in their building. He, he's going to do that. Like, and that was sometimes the case. Like you could get in through Mike because you would, he would talk to like one of his friends. Then if you knew somebody knew it's like, you could get it that way with Joe. There's none of that. Like it's everyone just kind of assuming. So in my head, I've always said, like, I really think they're going to go Zach because can't stick with Sam. They already opened up the trade doors for Sam. But there was there's always like, I think they're going to go with Zach Wilson. But there was always that little, huh, where it was like, maybe they do stick with Sam. And maybe this is all a smokescreen. And maybe they trade back from number two, get the massive haul and build it around Sam. There was always like that in the back of my head, the little feeling in your gut that it's like, I kind of think they're going to do it. Like, I, I, maybe they actually do keep Sam and trade everyone back. That feeling is gone, gone, totally gone, completely and totally out of here. It's, it's gone. It's not the sense anymore. And the light that has been shed on Joe Douglas's draft picks come directly from the San Francisco 49ers and comes directly from the Philadelphia Eagles. And now as I'm talking, this also is in the column, but like now as I'm talking about it, like, I, I feel like I'm going to be like that. If you're an always sunny fan, it's going to remind me of like when Charlie's in the mailroom, like connecting all the dots and stuff like that. But that's really what this is. So the two things that you need to remember when I start talking about this is, is, is these basis of this is that Robert Sala and Mike LaFleur both came from San Francisco. They are incredibly close with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. They are it, it, that that relationship is is immensely the case when you talk about Kyle Shanahan and and uh, and Mike Lafleur because those two guys have been together since 2014. I mean they're best friends. Like they they're they're genuinely that close with each other. Those guys are close, right? Joe Douglas before coming to the Jets spent three years with the Philadelphia Eagles where he built an incredible relationship with Howie Roseman. I mean I remember talking to Howie for a feature on Joe Douglas shortly after the Jets. Uh, talking to Howie about a. Uh, I talked to Howie for a feature on Joe Douglas shortly after the Jets hired him as GM and Howie spoke glowingly of him said, you know, he realized he had something special, but what makes Joe special is who he is as a person. He did everything he could to prepare Joe for being a general manager. All of it, like just spoke glowingly about him. When Joe had his introductory press conference, he talked about how Howie and him and the Eagle staff are going to walk through like the, the history of, of the NFL. Cause they won that Super Bowl guy. I mean, they are, they are genuinely that close. So Howie, is very close. That's a phone call. Howie is very, very close to Joe, Robert Sala, Mike LaFleur, very close to Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch. The 49ers didn't give up all of that draft capital unless it's for a quarterback, period. Like, like you don't trade three ones and a three to go up unless you were going up for the quarterback. You don't give that up for a defensive end. You don't give that up for a receiver. You don't give that up for a corner. You don't give up that up for a tackle. You give that up for a quarterback, period. Which quarterback, I don't know. But you go from where they were to number three with the intent of taking a quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is obviously going number one. He's going to be the number one pick. 
which means that if the 49ers, with the 49ers going to number three, not number two, they are running the risk that one, the Jets take a player that they believe is a franchise quarterback. Because if they're going up to three for a quarterback, they are saying, I believe that X player is a franchise quarterback, whether it's Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, doesn't matter. They're saying there is a franchise quarterback in this draft who's not named Trevor Lawrence, and we're going to get him at number three. But by going up to number three and not number two, you are running the risk of one, the Jets draft that player, or two, the Jets trade that pick to a team that then gets that player. There are two ways that you eliminate that concern. One, you trade up to number two, or you have those conversations with number two. According to ESPN, Adam Schefter, who, if you know anything about the sports world, Schefter's voice is basically the, the it's, it's the, the gospel. I mean, it's true. Like he's the Schefter ain't going to bullshit anyone. He's, he's, he's telling the truth. Schefter said that the 49ers have been trying to go up for quite some time. The one call that they did not make is to number two. So they never so much as called Joe Douglas to try to trade with the number two pick. There is no one who is affiliated with the NFL scout executive coach or GM that is not aware of Joe Douglas's infatuation with draft picks. The guy is pick crazy. It's always been bit crazy. So if the 49ers were willing to go to number three and give up three first round picks and a third round pick, that means they never even so much as gave Joe Douglas an opportunity to say no to three first round picks and a third round pick. What that means is that the 49ers know that Joe Douglas is not willing to trade the number two pick. If they thought he was willing to trade the number two pick, they would have called him about the number two pick because they know that that, that ensures no matter what, they're going to get their player. By going up to number three, though, they know that one, Douglas is not going to trade that pick to another team that's going to pick the guy they want. And they also know who Joe Douglas is going to pick at number two. Normally, that can seem asinine. That can seem crazy. You know, the Carolina Panthers don't know what Joe Douglas is going to do. The New York Giants don't know what Joe Douglas is going to do. The 49ers could because of the relationships that are there within the two organizations, because of the relationship between John Lynch and Joe Douglas and Shanahan and LaFleur and Sala, that information sharing can be shared within each other because there is a trust factor there, right? That tells you one thing. Joe is not trading from number two, right? Because right. if he's not willing yeah. to, like if 49ers aren't willing to call or Joe Douglas is not willing to accept three firsts and a third, he's not interested in trading back from number two. Obviously, this does not mean that he's going to take Zach Wilson, right? I mean, from that little piece of nugget, from just the 49ers trade information, all that means is that Joe Douglas is staying at number two. It doesn't mean that he's going to take Zach Wilson because he could take Penny Sewell there, right? Like, that still leaves the player that the 49ers want. He could take Chase, like uh, uh, Lamar Chase. Like, he could take him. That that's that still leaves him there. He could take Devonta Smith. He could take... Uh, that line, Micah Parsons, like he could take any, like there's, there's a dozen other players he could take at number two that are not a quarterback that would help this team. Right. And that still leaves the quarterback, the 49ers want at number three. That's where the Eagles piece of information comes into this equation. Right. Because now it's like, well, how do you know Zach Wilson's going number two? According to Ian Rappaport, the Philadelphia Eagles before trading back with the Miami Dolphins were interested in trading up. And they wanted to go to, or before trading back with the Dolphins again, they wanted to go up with the Dolphins to number three. However, the only player that they were willing to go up to number three for, with the exception of Trevor Lawrence, who obviously is not going to be there because he's going number one, is, <clears throat> excuse me, like I said, Charlie, mailroom, like connecting all the dots. The only player 
that the Eagles were willing to go up for it, according to NFL Network and Ian Rappaport, was Zach Wilson. They were willing to go up to number three for Zach Wilson and to get Zach Wilson. They realized that Zach Wilson is not going to be there at number three because they are so they wasn't going to be there at number three. So there was no point going up to number three. So they decided to trade back and get an extra first round pick for next year. The only way that Zach Wilson is not there at number three is if he goes number two. So how would the Philadelphia Eagles know that Zach Wilson assuredly, no doubt, was not going to be there at number three? Well, Howie Roseman and Joe Douglas are very close. They're best friends. Like Joe credits Howie with a lot of what he's been able to accomplish and where he is in his career. So that same information sharing that is potentially available with the 49ers and, and Jets because of the, the, the people that are in the building, it's the same information that can be available with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Jets. So the Eagles, I, I, I know it. Like, there's no way that, that Howie didn't call up Joe and say, look, one, would you be interested in if, if Howie's willing to trade up to number three, Howie's willing to trade up to number two, right? That, that's just a fact. It's a one pick difference. He also did it before when he took Carson Wentz. So he has no problem going up to number two. So if he's willing to trade to number three. He's willing to trade to number two. But now we know from the 49ers deal, the Jets are not interested in trading back from number two. They want to make a selection at number two. So Howie calls Joe and says, look, if you're not interested in trading back, here's my situation. I want Zach Wilson. I want to get him. He's the only other quarterback I want in this draft that isn't Jalen Hurts. I don't want Fields. I don't want Trey Lance. I want jo- I want I want Zach Wilson. So he goes, all right. I got to know: is he going to be there at three, or am I just going to ruin it trading up? That's the Patriots. Joe's probably saying, oh, I don't know, probably not. Like right. I, I don't know. Maybe I take him. Maybe I take Sewell. You should probably trade up and blow all your picks. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. If it's the Dolphins, same thing. If it's the Chiefs, same thing. When it's a close friend in another conference. Joe's Joe's a family guy. He's a nice guy. He's not trying to F the people that have helped him get where he is. There's no doubt in my mind that Joe turned to Howie and said, look, man, we're probably taking fields We're there's no point you going to three because he's not going to be there. And so Howie said, "Okay, fine with me moving back. So the rumors have always been out there. I've always thought the Jets were going to pick Zach Wilson. I've made that abundantly clear, both in print. I've made that abundantly clear in 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 audio. I have TV, everything. I made it clear that I think Zach Wilson is the quarterback. I've never been more sure that that is the fact after both a what I saw from his pro day and the throws he was making. And then B the trades that went down between the 49ers and the Eagles, because of those connections with the jets between Joe Douglas and Sal and all that stuff, what it means for them not even trying to trade up to number two. And then the Eagles wanting to go for Zach Wilson, but instead trading back because they know he's not going to be available. Jet fans. If you want to start pre-ordering your number one <laughs> BYU, if you want to get BYU jerseys, if you want to pre-order your number one, Zach Wilson jerseys, which by the way, uh, number one jersey, like I, Elliot Shore Parks, who covers the Eagles for, I, we work together at NJ.com. He now covers the Eagles for WIP. He has this like franchise quarterback swag rating that he does or something like that. It's, it's hysterical. The, the characteristics about if you're a quarterback one based off your swag, a quarterback wearing number one with the headband, that's QB one, man. That is, that is, and we're not even talking about the fact when he was a senior in high school, he took two BYU cheerleaders to his senior prom. We're not even getting there yet. Like we're that that's and that's next level like swag. But now we're talking about just as the player and what he looks like in the number one jersey. Go get your Jets jersey as number one because their quarterback's going to be Zach Wilson come week one. They're going to draft him. He's going to be the guy. And it's if you wanted any confirmation, look at what Zach Wilson did, and then look at what he's also done with uh, with, with the two trades that went down. Period. I mean, he'll be the guy. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. One other point on these trades, which is is interesting, and just looking at them now, this came to me, but do you think that the Dolphins originally, they were like, all right, we want to move back a little bit uh, from number three. It would be great to move back to six, but... The Eagles didn't want to move up. So they end up trading three, going all the way back to 12, and then getting to six anyway by making the move uh, with the uh, with the Eagles. An interesting roundabout way for the Dolphins to go from three to six, stopping at number 12 briefly. Yeah, I, th- I think it was more like like the Dolphins still, I mean, they're, they're still in a position where, they, I mean, that team, what, they went 10 games last year and they just missed the playoffs, right? Like, like that team's good. And if Tua yeah. is good, like if Tua takes a step, that team's gonna be really, really good. So I mean, they're they're set up. They got a good coaching staff. They've got a great defense. They've got a good young offense, and they have a quarterback that clearly they still believe in if they're willing to go back. I think by them going to twelve and then going up to number six, there's probably players there that they want. I mean, whether yeah. it's Sewell, whether I mean they still need a receiver, right? Because the Dolphins receiver, were dropped. Yeah. yeah. The Dolphins were tied to Kenny Galladay, didn't get him. We're tied to Kurt, uh, Corey Davis, didn't get him. We're tied to Kurt, Curtis Samuel, didn't get him. So they need a number one receiver. By going to number six, it sure looks like quarterbacks are going one through four, right? Like you're, you're going to have quarterbacks definitely one, two, three now. And then you're probably going to have the Falcons take fields because I think that it's either going to be Mac Jones or Lance. Like if the, if the 49ers are saying we're going to still stick with Jimmy G, what that says is they're taking a quarterback that's a little bit more developmental. That's Trey Lance. I mean, I talked to his high school coach who said he's talked to Trey Lance about sitting a year and Lance is aware he's probably going to have to do that. So they're going to take a guy that's going to sit behind Jimmy and then play almost like the Alex Smith, Pat Mahomes route. But if quarterbacks go one, two, three, and then another quarterback goes four to the Falcons, there's one pick that's separating the Dolphins from either Chase or Smith. Like, like well, and Smith and Tua or, you know. The, the college combination there makes so much exactly. sense. Exactly. And even Sewell, like they could also technically go Sewell. Like, I mean, that's, that's a possibility as well. So no, I think it was the dolphins wanting to go up and then the Eagles realizing, okay, the only other quarterback we see as a franchise quarterback aside from Lawrence is Zach Wilson. We're clearly not getting Zach Wilson because he's going number two. So now let's start putting our eggs in, in a, let's start playing the CYA, right? Like that's basically what Howie Roseman said. We're going to cover our ass. And, and it was, we have Jalen Hurts, who we believe, but again, like when the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts, they didn't draft him to replace Carson Wentz. They drafted Jalen Hurts to be a, another piece of the offense and basically like their uh, Taysom Hill is what they wanted. And then obviously Carson Wentz got all upset and cried and wanted to trade because he got benched because he sucked. 
And then it was like he, he went away and it was done. So now Jalen Hurts is the starter. Joe Flacco is the backup. When they realized, okay, we're not going to get Wilson, who's the franchise quarterback, let's position ourselves for 2022. So ideally, if you're the Eagles, Jalen Hurts is a franchise quarterback and you're set. And then you can use those three first-round picks next year to continue to round out your roster. But by not getting Wilson because you realize it's not a possibility and then trading back and getting that extra first-round pick from the Dolphins, what you're now in a position to do is that if Hurts is not the guy, you now have enough draft capital next year to either trade up organically or draft the guy with your first-round pick depending on how the season goes. So I honestly think that's that's what it was. I don't think it was like anything more than that. It was just how we play in the CYA that – there's no player that we have to have where we're picking at six. So let's move back to 12, get the extra first round pick, cover ourselves in case we get a quarterback, you know, we need a quarterback next year, or if not, we can still round out the roster. All right. There's one more thing to get to in this day of news. And that is what it all means for the quarterback that's currently on the Jets roster, Sam Darnold, because we had a handful of teams, right? When this offseason began, Connor, that were options for trades with Sam Darnold. Uh, it is slowly dried up week by week through free agency. And now today, too, when you think about the 49ers were one of the possible teams that you could maybe strike a deal with. But now they're in the position at number three to take a quarterback. They still have Jimmy G. I mean, Denver's been a conversation, right, just because of Elway and how much he liked Arnold coming out of college. Is, is that basically it at this point? I mean, what have I guess that's one question. The other question is, did Joe Douglas wait too long? Uh, at the waiting too long is a good one. I mean, but that hey, look like potentially, yeah. But he, what if, what if, like, yeah, did he wait too long? You can make that argument now because it's in hindsight. But what if Zach Wilson looked like crap today, right? What if he goes into that? What if Zach Wilson went into this interview process and was basically like, "F everybody, I'm the best there is," and like bombed the interview? And then there was a massive red flag on his medical thing that was like, "Yeah, his shoulder is basically being held on by a thread." Like suddenly, no, that's he didn't hold on to it too long because now Sam Darnold's this team's franchise quarterback, right? Like that he's they're going to stick with Sam. So the Jets played this right. Like, yeah, could they have gambled and said like Sam's going to develop and or could they could have gambled and said, no, everything's going to check out with Wilson. Let's trade Sam now and then we'll draft Wilson. Sure. But what they did is they, they covered themselves like they made sure that in the instance that Zach Wilson's not the guy, we still have Sam. And we want to complete our evaluations and know for sure that we're going forward with Zach before we go back, before we, we move on and trade Sam. And, and yeah, I guess it technically did hurt them, but it also would have hurt them a lot more if they traded Sam and suddenly they were left with no quarterback options because of the injury issues with Wilson and they don't believe in Lance and Fields. Like, like that's, that's an even worse case scenario. So yeah, some of the quarterback markets dried off. Washington liked them, but they didn't want to wait. So they went and they got, they got fits and, and the bears, obviously I, I heard, conflicting things about the bears like i don't i talked to somebody over there and i don't think they were ever really interested like i don't think the bears have, like the bears were like yeah he's got some talent but i don't think they were ever going to move forward with him that wasn't something chicago really wanted to do so i uh i i am under the impression that like the team list for sam is pretty much down to to two and it's it's denver and it's Carolina and and Denver is the team that I've talked a lot about. And and I don't have this this confirmed from a Denver perspective. I mean, I, I don't have a uh, uh, I'm not calling John Elway. He's not one of the guys I talk to. I don't I know John from a hole in the wall other than like seeing NFL films clips. But I did talk to I, I think I've told this story on here before that I had dinner with with McCagnan at the Senior Bowl a couple years ago and he was still the GM. 
And I remember we were talking, this was after the Jets had already drafted Sam. And we were talking about, you know, the, the, why he moved to three instead of two. Cause it, it, the way that I viewed the NFL draft was like, obviously the Browns were going with a quarterback. The giants had Eli on like the tail end of his career. I thought the giants would draft a quarterback. And then by the Jets going six to three, they were basically saying there's three franchise quarterbacks in this class. And we're fine if we get any one of them, which always seemed weird to me. And, and what Mike had said was like, that wasn't necessarily the case is that the jets knew the Browns were going quarterback. Number one, they had it basically stone cold locked that the giants were going to draft Saquon Barkley at two, which would then leave what the jets expected to be Baker Mayfield at number three. Cause they thought Sam Darnold won uh, Saquon Barkley, number two, and then we get Baker Mayfield. When the draft came around, the the Jets started getting wind that it was going to be um, Mayfield one, not Darnold. And so that was the one time that Mike said that he got a little nervous because what he knew was how much John Elway was infatuated with Sam. Like John Elway loved Sam, but like the rest of the NFL, John thought that Darnold was never really a realistic possibility because he was going to go to the Browns. Once it became clear that the Browns were going Mayfield, Mike actually thought that the Broncos would package an absurd amount to the Denver or the Broncos would package an absurd amount of picks, trade them to the Giants and go from where they were to number two, jump the Jets, get Darnold. And then the Jets would be left picking between Josh Allen, who they viewed as a big, significant, a big developmental project. They did not want to take after uh, flaming out with Christian Hackenberg or Josh Rosen, who they had concerns about because of his personality, which I mean, I've heard from multiple people like the guy's just a dick. So it's like people just don't like him. So that's when Mike started to sweat to the point where Mike actually thought about calling the Giants and saying, hey, let's just swap three and two. We'll go up to two, get Sam. You get Barkley at three. What he ended up doing, though, was sticking to his guns because he had heard from his sources and all the people that this organization has plugged in elsewhere that the Giants were taking Barkley and they refused to trade that pick. And and um, uh, the, the Giant, uh, Dave Gettleman admitted as much later on. Like Dave Gettleman came by and said, I, I never answered the phone. I never even listened to trade calls because the whole Hall of Fame jacket thing and he needed the running back like this is 1970. So he took Saquon Barkley at number two and, and obviously Sam fell to the Jets at number three. So knowing about John's infatuation with Sam then, seeing the struggles he's dealing with with Drew Locke now, it would make sense if, if John said, all right, let's give up a number two pick or a conditional number three or something like that. Get Sam in our building. I've loved him before. Now, if John was still like totally running the show in Denver, I would say that, that like the Jets would already have a confirmed, finalized like pick ready for John. Like They would have like the pick lined up like, as soon as you want to pull the trigger, we're going to pull the trigger on this deal, right? Like that's that's what I thought they would yeah. like they would do if, if John was still calling the shots. With Patton up there, Patton is a, a highly respected guy. He's not going to overpay. So while there's probably going to be some interest because I'm I, I don't know what Patton thinks of of Sam, but I know what John thought of him. Um, I would think that Denver would now be the the one place that's probably the most likely and the jets aren't going to get a first round pick for Sam, but they could get a two, they could get a, fu- a future two, maybe a conditional three that depending on what Sam does, if he's a pro bowl player, it goes up to a one or if he's re-signed, he goes to a two, something like that. But um, I would say it's Denver or Carolina and, and Carolina was one that honestly I didn't previously expect or think about, 
but I was actually talking to an executive today who who told me that keep an eye on them, that that they've kind of missed with the Watson stuff. It doesn't look like that's going to be a trade that's happening. They're obviously not in a position to draft a quarterback that now Sam offers a player that they could potentially get at a good rate, second or third round pick, get him in their building, or maybe the Jets could also package something, right? Like the Jets give their second round pick, which is number 34, and Sam, and they get back into the first round, and now they have three first round picks. Like they could do something like that as well. Um, that if the Jets do that, um, they could obviously trade uh, Sam to Carolina and, and the Panthers would get somebody with much more upside at quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, right now in like a vacuum, Teddy's probably a little bit better than Sam, but but there's more upside with Sam than you would have with Teddy. And I'll also reunite Sam and Robbie. That'd be kind of cool. One uh, one possibility, and this one coming up in the, the chat here, you mentioned moving in back into the first round. What about swapping 23 to nine with Sam. Is that too much? Is that too much movement in the first round to go up 14 spots for Sam? Basically. Yeah, that's probably a little steep, (laughs) little Um, hefty. Yeah. I don't think Denver, I don't think that happens. I I think it would be much more likely to do like a Carolina deal, like where the jets go. Cause I think Carol, where's Carolina picking? I forget. Uh, Carolina, actually Carolina's eight. So I don't even think that's likely. I thought they were a little bit further back. Um, I mean, I, I don't – maybe I, – I find that hard. I don't think you can go from – I don't think Sam has enough value where you're going from 23 to 9. Like, you would probably have to include, like, a future 3. Like, Sam and a future 3 and 34 to go up that high. I, I don't think that's – I don't think that's happening. I mean, I really I really don't. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see, though. Like, well, like I, I think that's – yeah. I, I don't think if it's Carolina or Denver that's possible to go to 23 to 9 or 23 to yeah. 8. I mean, that would be a – serious i mean if the, if the jets got that offer you do that's it. a great that's a great trade yeah Jets do it in a heartbeat but i don't think that matt rule's gonna do that i don't think that that Patton will do that I, I think it's probably more likely with those two teams you get a second round pick all right uh we've covered most of it the news today any final thoughts here before we say goodbye uh no i'm supposed to play golf tomorrow though so uh if you guys are looking for any additional jets news i would expect something very <laughs> big like maybe a sam darnold trade um a deshaun watson trade uh maybe they give uh, marcus may's contract extension i expect like a really big jets news like right around the time i step onto like the fourth tee i would think it'd be right around there like i'll get i'll get rolling first tee hit like a par bogey par i'll be like maybe one over maybe one under through three holes then bam the jets will hit with some major news that breaks while i'm trying to enjoy my saturday with some friends that's that's what i would i would say to expect because that's kind of where uh my the Jets tend to like to throw these random things that happen unexpectedly. It's usually when I'm either out to dinner with Bree, visiting my parents, or on a golf course. That's usually more often than not. Okay, guys, see you later. I did have a good round though, Tim, the other day. I had a uh, shot in 84 until I did miss a uh, a three foot putt though to set my personal best 83. So I responded by going out putter. Still muddy on the course or drying up a little bit? Uh, I did that last weekend, uh, which is when it was not. It was like Before 68, rain, 70 yeah. degrees and sunny, and the course was actually pretty dry. I tried to play. Oh, Marissa's here. There you go. Yeah, Just Marissa. thought we'd throw that up there. Marissa, not Dunn, with us live. but Dunn making his podcast debut, too. <laughs> watching the show uh, in the car I like on it. the way. So nice of her to join us. She was also in the chat as well. I don't know if you noticed that, Connor. but uh, well, Still policing it, I hope. Yeah. Oh, Marissa's still policing the chat. Like uh, I'm yeah. glad that I just learned how to do that feature here on the on the live stream. Yeah, so, not bad. I'll, I'll be honest, live. you played the Marissa role pretty well. 
that was pretty risky right there. Anything, anything from my computer could have popped up there, but, but I successfully used just the picture I was looking for. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, for basically happy hour here on a Friday, five o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, we weren't planning to do a show today, but the news makes us spring into action. We probably won't have a show next week, but then we'll be back the following week to continue to get ready for the draft, which is about a month away at this point, late April in Cleveland. It's coming up quick. A great time to sign up for The Athletic if you haven't already. $1 per month right now, up to six months. So go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. Get all of Connor's great writing, all of our other NFL writing uh, at theathletic.com slash can't wait. Just $1. Also, if you're a big college basketball fan, Check out Ding Yu, presented by BetMGM. They're covering all the action here. They'll be coming up uh, on Monday and Tuesday, and they'll also have a preview of the championship game as well. So check that out. It's on the Daily Ding feed, the athletic podcast. They're also streaming on YouTube in the afternoon. So if you're a college basketball fan, check out that great stuff as well. We'll be back with you again soon yeah. on the Can't Wait Before podcast. we sign off. Don't sign yes. off yet. Can you sign off yet? All right. I was no, gonna no, say no, I'm go. gonna I'm gonna throw a little more added uh, juice to see if I can't get some sympathy subs from uh, from Jet fans right here because I have a nice little uh, inner athletic competition going. Oh, right yeah, now beat Popper my, uh, slash hashtag yes, beat yes, Popper. So, so Dan Popper and I have a deal. Right, Popper's one of my best friends. Obviously, if you guys know him, he used to work for the uh, the Daily News. He was probably the Jet best the best Jets reporter the Daily News has had in quite some time. Popper, I love the kid. He's one of my best friends. So. He's uh he's coming to my bachelor party, which is going to be in New Orleans, COVID permitting, and uh, we have had a deal during this little little we've had a, a bet I should say during this deal over who can drive the most subs this month in March, and it's been it's been pretty close, but the uh, Chargers have had a little bit more of an event. Thanks, Joe Douglas. The Chargers have had a much more eventful off season than the Jets have with all these little one year deals. So he currently has a lead over me in this, and what we're playing for is that we're going to be obviously in New Orleans is that there are there are drinks in New Orleans on the line here. So it is like I have we haven't decided if the loser has to actually drink the drinks because if you know anything about New Orleans like that'll knock you on your you know what or if the loser has to buy the drinks. We're going to figure it out, but I'm currently losing to Popper right now, so I am uh, Popper does these like daily free agency YouTube videos now and basically begs his uh he shamelessly begs his followers to subscribe for one dollar a month so he can beat me, which is just so pathetic. So we're uh, so now we're you're shamelessly. Begging so now I am your... shamelessly, shamelessly begging to try to close the gap here. So sub hashtag beat popper and sub for the uh, for the Jets content so I can uh, I can have a better bachelor party in New Orleans. And if any of you guys want to come, we're going May 14th through the 17th. Come come uh, come hang out in New Orleans with us. Just walk down Bourbon Street and yell, Connor, where are you, Connor? <laughs> I don't know. I think I don't think you'll need to yell to find me. I'll be honest with you. I've been down <laughs> Bourbon a couple times. You don't you don't need to yell to find me on Bourbon Street. I'm 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 usually pretty pretty obvious. All right, that's gonna do it for us. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.